Welcome to I See Dad People, providing a voice to the modern dad around the world. Sharing stories, having a laugh, and cringing at Eugene's I don't know where he found them dad jokes. So let's go. It's Friday. Welcome to I See Dad People's Friday episodes. And today we have Rory Paquette, who is joining us to speak to us not only about his new book, The 5% Diet, which is available on Amazon, but also all things dad and where the ideas and the motivation and inspiration for the book came from. So here's a couple of clips before we jump into Stevie and Eugene's random questions. My, uh, my book's called The 5% Diet. Um, it's not just a regular diet book. It's, uh, it's a book that's, you know, targets moms and dads, but, but especially dads. Uh, for Push Me Over the Edge was, uh, I was feeling awful. I had just worked another 80 plus hour work week at the job I was at. Um, and it was Father's Day. And, um, you know, my kids wanted to celebrate and do some nice things for me and everything else. And, and I literally, I, w- I was numb physically. Say something in an Irish accent. Uh, all right, I got it. Here we go. I I could tip Jimmy off with a look. So let's just get down to business. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so good. So as you can see, this is an episode not to be missed. Um, but before we jump into chatting with Rory later. It's Eugene's and Stevie's random questions. Stevie, how are you doing? Doing well. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. God, it's the most annoying song ever. I hope it annoys everybody. I know there's a couple of people laughing at that right now. It's a great song though, isn't it? Um, I was wondering what that would sound like, Eugene, in an Irish accent, like a a real, like, uh, you know, stereotypical Irish accent. Could you sing it in a stereotypical Irish accent? Uh, I I don't think I could do it justice. We might have to get someone on from Cork or Kerry. I think my um, accent has after been diluted a small bit since working over here. So yeah, I'll leave it to Cork and Kerry boys. <laughs> All right. So it's been a, it's been a week. I can tell you guys, uh, and we have a couple of more guests lined up for next week as well. A couple of more fun fun folks. So it's Everton's picking up on the podcast. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, Myself and Eugene were actually just talking about like how the podcast has actually um, kind of changed our thinking a lot from meeting all these people. So mm. we're probably going to have a little chat about that in the future. It's, 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 it's kind of eye-opening how this has actually changed our thinking as well. But I'll kick it off with an interesting one, which is, what is your favorite number, Eugene, and why? My favorite number? I think you asked me this one before. It was the number six. But... Um... Since work start ramping up, I'm going to say 5.30. <laughs> yeah, 5.30 is a new one. I'll backtrack 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. What you guys missed before this, what you guys missed before this interview was I asked Eugene. Eugene said, can you ask me that question again? I got a great answer to it. And I was like, but I asked you this weeks ago, Eugene. And Eugene's like, yeah, but just ask me again. All right, so we did. So just to tell you, that's behind the <laughs> yeah. scenes, behind the scenes footage. <laughs> It took me a couple of weeks to come up with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good one for you, Stevie. I was um, thinking about this, actually. Um, what is the best piece of dad advice 
that your own father gave you. Don't hide in bushes. Don't, don't hide in bushes. Yeah, or at least if you're going to hide in bushes, don't tell everyone that you hid in bushes. Is there a story behind that one? There is a story. So I'll, I'll tell everyone the story, the quick story. Um, my dad will enjoy this one. Um, but the short story is, is uh, we come from a very athletic family, especially my sisters. Uh, they ran for Ireland and they, they were very uh, um, successful in their running or athletic career. Uh, and the boys were actually pretty good at a soccer career. But, uh, you know, we come from a small village in Ireland. So uh, uh, one, one street town called Kilmac Thomas. Probably shouldn't give that away now that we're famous, you know, there'll be loads of people turning up. But... <laughs> Groupies. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, but we used to head away all over the country. Uh, most weekends and so but if you went you had to run that was my dad's one rule he ain't gonna go there and sit there looking at everyone else you're gonna run if you want to go but of course we didn't go for the running but what was part of the whole trip was was uh we'd stop off at mcdonald's the whole bus athletes would stop off at mcdonald's on the way back and you get a happy meal so we used to all go for the happy meal but i was like i was not a fan of running i used to just say just run around circles where's the fun in that like i was just like at least with soccer or something there's a bit of skill to it and stuff but yeah i'm sure people would disagree with me but um anyway so one one time anyway i was there was this massive cross-country race and it was a couple of laps of this massive like it would be four fields of uh, and i know it depends on the size of the field but let's just say four four average size fields and anyway so we're running around and um uh, on the first lap, I, I go really slow till everyone passed me out. And I was like, I'll just jump in the bushes here and wait for them to go around twice. And then I'll come back out again and finish the race. Anyway, so I sat in there anyway, relaxed away. I had to care about winning the medal. Didn't even care about coming last back then. It was like, I'm getting me a happy meal because I finished the race. That's all. Was the, that was the only deal. Right. And uh, so anyway, I jumped in anyway. So I got out anyway and I was waiting for everyone to pass and I looked around and everyone was gone. So I got out anyway. So I'm kind of jogging along, you know, it's about 300 meters to the finish line. But anyway, I hear everyone cheering and I'm like, why are they cheering? And I look behind and there was this really heavy guy unfit running behind me and I'd missed that he's behind me. So I'm trying to go slower because I feel really bad now because I feel like this guy's ran three laps and I'm like, there's no way he should come last. I should be coming last. So there was a good side to me there, you know, hiding on. I didn't want this guy. So I'm going slow. I'm barely walking. I'm really walking backwards at this stage to try and let this guy pass me out. And he's doing it. Anyway, and eventually he does and he wins and everyone's cheering and everything. So I go out and I get my happy meal. Right? Anyway, so years go by, 10 years. And eventually we're all together. And, and I've, I've traveled around a lot, so I don't, I don't get a whole lot of time. I'm home. I was home and so this came up and it was at least 10 years later and we're all sitting around and I go to my dad he goes by the way I think I should tell you this finally the story so I told him the story and he said Jesus and I probably can't finish the rest of the sentence but uh for this for this but he said I knew you didn't come around those two times I was like talking I was asking myself for hours I was like I'm pretty sure he didn't come around and I'm like what where was he what was he doing and so he was so he was so angry for about five minutes and, her, and I think it was worse because my whole family was like in the stitches laughing at it you know but this has been the joke right so anytime anyone posts something online where like there's a monkey jumping out of a bush or there's a cow in a bush it just gets posted and it's like oh this lad's have to learn him from the best it's have to learn him from steve and so there's been times when they've been over here like and there'll be a bush somewhere and they'll be like oh does that remind you of statsim so that's the whole story of the bush uh, so I, what was the question you asked me actually the question was a bit of dad advice that your own oh, father yeah. gave you 
So if you're going to jump in a bush, don't, don't tell anyone for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Don't be hiding in bushes, yeah. bite. So this is a this is our family favorite story. Oh, I have a good que- I have a good question for you. So, do you have something you done in your life that's kind of a funny family story that you always bring up when you're home? Yes, I do. Um, you remember my my granny that um, she she passed when I was in Peru. Yeah, she was my godmother, and. When Easter comes around in Ireland, usually the the godparents and, uh, you know, your uncles and aunties will get you an Easter egg and stuff like that. So it was what I thought my godmother's or granny's obligation (laughs) to get me an Easter egg. And I think I was, I think it was about somewhere between eight years old and 10 years old. But my my grandfather had got my brother an Easter egg and my grandfather was my brother's godfather. So granny turned up with no Easter egg. So I got granny on her own and I said, granny, would you mind stepping outside for a second? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to have a chat with you. (laughs) It's like, it sounds so professional, doesn't it? So um, yeah. I, I brought my grandmother outside, Lord of Mercy on her, and I said, now, Granny, you know that you're my granny, right? And she goes, yeah. And you know that you're also my godmother, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my Easter egg? <laughs> and and <laughs> my granny, she, she went in. <laughs> And she said to my mother that she's never felt as low in her life being talked down to by a riled up eight or ten year old. Um, and my mother, she just breaks her sides laughing whenever she tells that story and all the rest of them, like my my um, siblings are all just, you know, laughing about that one. So it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah that is a great story. That brought up. That's a great <laughs> yeah. story. Oh, that's brilliant. Do you know what's an interesting thing about you say the Easter egg? So I think we might have to give a bit of background mm-hmm. here is actually uh, the Easter egg tradition isn't here the same way as at home. So in actually in Ireland, oh, in England, it was, no. So uh, so I had to explain this to people mm-hmm. that we actually get these massive chocolate eggs like from Mars, all the Cabris, uh, you know, arrows. And so you get eggs and, and crunchies and all and you get an egg and it would usually come with a cup. <laughs> Which is the most random yeah, thing right. ever. Right? What's the cup for? Yeah. But you, do you know what I mean? It's just like pure Irish. It's like you're a four-year-old kid, right? And they give you a big chocolate a egg and a cup. <laughs> what was that about? I never even thought about it at this moment. Why were they giving four-year-olds and five-year-olds cups? Was it? Would you think it's like the gateway drug? Do you think that's how they got people? Is that why everyone really drinks tea in Ireland? Do you think it was Barry's who was behind this? Barry's tea bags. They were like, let's give everyone a cup when they're like five and they'll be all addicted yeah. to tea by the time they're 10. Go on, give them a Yorkie. Yeah. It's so random, wasn't it? Why the cup? I'm still... Yeah, I'm still perplexed that it's not a thing here. Like, what what did they do here? Like, scrambled eggs or something? Uh, no, <laughs> so you, you hunt for, you paint eggs and you leave them in the garden and you the kid goes and finds the eggs. Or you, you get the plastic eggs. eggs and you put things in the eggs. You can get plastic eggs and you put, like, little ties or little mm. uh, bands and stuff or stuff of like that in the ties or little sweets and then you hide them around the house in the garden. 
Anyway, I just I I don't know if you'd experienced that yet. Now maybe maybe it's only around mm. us, but most people I speak to don't know this tradition. No man, I have to and do something you, about that. You go into a supermarket during Easter, man, and there's just eggs everywhere. And then you'd go to school on Monday morning, and all anyone would ask you was, "How many eggs did How you many? get?" Yeah, I got <laughs> four. Many? Well, I got twelve eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's always the way it's it yeah yeah oh, man. i i can't believe that's not a thing here yeah well maybe it is down niche in the market. you never know niche in the market yeah mm-hmm. yeah sure everyone would be ecstatic waking up in the morning <laughs> extraordinary yeah um you're some yolk <laughs> oh you're cracked by it uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay my question for you then you have traveled um and and lived in a lot of countries outside of the states and ireland if you were to settle down in any other country in the world where would it be and why uh probably be new zealand um new zealand always just stood out as a really beautiful place very similar to washington actually uh it's kind of a mixture of washington and ireland very similar i, I really liked uh, the beaches there I like the North Island versus the South Island. North Island, a bit warmer, uh, beaches, sun. And then the South, you could go uh, um, skiing. And then they had the volcano, volcanic, like all the Rotorua, where they have all the hot pools. Mm. And uh, so it's just, just New Zealand is such an amazing place. And I have to say it is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Uh, it's in the top, I think, places. If you, anyone ever gets a chance to get to go to New Zealand, it is one amazing country. Amazing. Um, so my question for you, Eugene, is if you had one box set and you had to have that box set and you couldn't watch anything else for the rest of your life, what would your what would that box set be and why? This is a sentimental answer. Sopranos. When I was after moving into my first apartment i remember my sister seeing me watching sopranos on tv one night and i had no stations whatsoever and the terrestrial stations were even pretty poor but my sister bought me the whole box set of sopranos and that kept me pretty entertained for for a while that would be my my sentimental answer Definitely Sopranos. And it's a great show anyway. It's brilliant. I, I would agree. And, okay. and one thing you said, when, when you said, uh, when you said Sopranos and Sentimental, I was, I was getting worried there for a minute that like you had some, like someone in your close family taken out or something by the mob. That's where I was worried <laughs> that you were going. <laughs> yeah. The sleep at the fish. Eh? I have one more for you, Stevie. So give me three things that would keep you in Ireland or would want to make you move back to Ireland. Three my mom would like. How much did my mom give you? How much did my mom? I should say my mom. How much did my mom send over? How much did uh, she give you? Sorry, Mr. no. Seriously, Marcy. seriously. <laughs> Talk to my friend here. Conniving. Um, <laughs> Ireland. Um, I think one thing I like about Ireland is it's the hub. It's a great. It's a great hub. And so within two hours, you can be in so many different places, from France to Spain to you know, there's Prague. You know, there's so many different places you can go visit in two or three hours on a flight, especially Ryanair. When you fall, if you all you bring is a backpack, so you can fly for 40, 50 quid. Um, so that's probably one. Probably two is my family. Uh, I mean, there's no better way. I mean, that's really number one is, is to be around uh, 
my family uh, would be really great. And probably, and number one, actually, I think what I'd really enjoy is I think I'd love to show Joanna all the places in Europe and stuff. That would be a lot of fun on that one, you know, because I've seen a good few places, but just to show that to the rest and Searsha to see the places, that would be awesome. Number three. Hmm. Um, I think, Guinness. you know, it's, so? Guinness. Guinness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, 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 that is definitely one. I think that, you know, uh, I'll be honest, you know, one of the harder things for me coming to the U.S. was, uh, you know, I, I, I understand the, the, uh, the, the, the right to protect yourself and stuff like that, but it is, it was, it was, it was hard when I visited certain places to see people armed, like just, you know, non-police forces armed. I mean, the police in Ireland are, the Gardaí, they're not even armed, most of them. I don't think any of them are still not armed, are they? So our police force uh, are not even armed, are they? The Gardaí? Special, there's there's certain, special police force, right? There, yeah, are, yeah, but not a, the normal yeah, guard. There's a certain fraction, no, no. Yeah. So, so that was kind of a hard one. So, you know, um, I think that's one thing about Ireland. You know, the the gun 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 crimes are are less. You know, it's it's very far mm-hmm. down the list of gun crimes, and so that would be one thing in Ireland is is would come up come up higher for me. All Mr. right, Marcy. I I hope the um, check is in the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Eugene. Can I even? So I think it's time to go over to Rory. This is going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the little bit we already talked talk to Rory. He has a great story, uh, very honest uh, uh, journey through it. And I think the big thing, the big takeaway I took was never too late. So this is going to be an interesting uh, one for everybody to hear. So stay tuned and stay on and let's listen to Rory. Good stuff, Davey. All right. Should we open the door? Yeah, let's go. Did that sound like a door? <laughs> sound like Peter from he, Family Guy. Yeah, he's a bit WD forty anyway, doesn't it? <laughs> it did sound like Peter Griffin. <laughs> right, we yeah. knock down this door and head on into room. <laughs> so, right. oh my god, let's go. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of I See Dad People, uh, our Friday episode. Uh, today, we have uh, Rory Paquette with us. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, his new book. Rory, do you want to give us a little, tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your family and your life as a dad, and then maybe a little bit about your new book? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it very much. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm a dad and a husband, and uh, those are the two most important jobs I have, of course. Um, I'm a, a sales trainer also, um, you know, work for home, which has been kind of nice with everything going on in the world lately. Um, but, uh, I have three kids, uh, that are just the most fantastic things I ever could have accomplished in my life. Uh, I have a daughter who's 27. I've got a son who's 20 and, uh, my youngest is my youngest boy is uh, 16, uh, right now. So, you know, I've, I've done the, um, the infant kid thing and I've, I've done the small toddler child and, uh, so now it's, it's on to a whole new world of, of being a dad with teenagers and 20-somethings, and uh, they're out exploring the world. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Um, my, uh, my book's called The 5% Diet. Um, it's not just a regular diet book. It's, uh, it's a book that you know, targets moms and dads, but, but especially dads. Um, and it's really built to get you from the couch uh, into the gym. Uh, it's not, hey, start dieting tomorrow, start working out tomorrow. Um, 
you know, as a matter of fact, the first thing you do when you're working on the diet uh, in the book is you do nothing. So, you know, maybe we can you know, expand on that later, but it's, uh, it's changing your mindset. And, um, you know, honestly, it's, it's for dads to kind of believe again that they can, uh, you know, go out and have an active lifestyle, uh, that they're not just resigned to their fates after, um, you know, spending, you know, year, decades raising their children. Oh, great. Uh, what, what do you think the, the biggest motivator was for you? What was the biggest motivation for you? Uh, for writing the book, um, there, there's actually a spot in the book that's called, you know, my lowest point. And, um, you know, the thing that really got me, uh, pushed me over the edge was uh, I was feeling awful. I had just worked another 80 plus hour work week at the job I was at. Um, and it was Father's Day. And, um, you know, my kids wanted to celebrate and do some nice things for me and everything else. And, and I literally, I was, I was numb physically. Um, I, I, all I wanted to do was sleep. I wanted to just, you know, sit there and exist and do nothing. And uh, somewhere in the middle of it all, my, and on top of feeling terrible already, my wife took a picture of me uh, standing next to my grill out on my deck. And, you know, she wanted to send it off to my daughter who, who couldn't be there for that day. And I took one look at that and uh, I, I don't mind saying I burst into tears. I, I, I couldn't believe how I looked. I could not believe that was me after all these years. And uh, I literally looked at my wife and I said, this doesn't even look like me. And she goes, I hate to tell you, but yeah, it does. <laughs> so it was, um, it was a shock to actually see that. And, you know, from, from that moment on, I, uh, I started down this road. It's interesting. Actually, this happened to me the other day, actually, the reverse, actually, <clears throat> uh, the picture. Uh, we have one of those Google Homes and actually we got it. We got it for a different reason. Actually, it has a little screen on it and we got it for music, for cooking. Me and my wife like to cook and did the whole thing of the, you know, hands, books, food all over the place, especially when you only have a short amount of time. And we got it because we said, oh, it's great. We can we can look at the recipes and we, we can we can do it and we can cook off of there. And that's not what actually my favorite feature of that is. It's the photos. Uh, actually, I just love coming home in the evening and there's a, some random photo on there from two or three years ago when my family visited or you're off there. And that's actually been the, my favorite piece of it. And I would never have bought one of those uh, photo frames, the digital ones. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to buy it. And now I look at it and I'm like, I'd probably get one or two because it gives you that motivating moment. But the other day, actually, I saw a photo of me a couple of months ago. And I turned around to my wife and I said, geez, that was me. Because uh, my face was like a lot bigger and I was like and we started doing a little bit of uh, watching some of the ma macros uh, we were eating between protein fats and carbs and we were kind of trying to balance that and I saw the shift and it was that moment and it's amazing that picture can kick and every time I see that picture there's a little bit of a spark that goes on that yeah it's it's it, when it's so gradual for yourself you, you don't see it till a moment it was it was super interesting because I had a very similar moment last week as well so it's, it's interesting it's tough when you aren't looking at yourself like that every day and yeah. then you see all the changes that take place a little bit at a time all at once. <laughs> yeah. I think what's going to be super, both myself and Eugene are, are working from home. I, I believe, are, are you working, if you're working from home? So yes. Mm -hmm. it's going to be strange when we get back to the office because you're going to see extreme differences in people that, and we still, you know, I would say around, it's 50-50, I'd say, people who turn on their video versus don't on, on Zoom, you know, or whatever sure. meeting software. So it's going to be interesting after, you know, five, six, seven months, maybe longer, when you come back to see the same people you knew a year ago, and you'll probably see some extremes either way, you know, the people who, you know, 
right. stayed on the couch versus the people who took who take your advice and take it slow and move forward. You know, uh, it, it's I, I've been thinking about that. You know, it's people that I've known for three years in my in my job. You know, coming back to see them is going going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, I think what's what's really awesome about this this book, just by looking at um, a bit of research that that Stevie did this morning. The way it comes across to me is very, very transparent. Nothing is is hiding. It's all out there for, for, for people to see. And that's 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 unique in its own sense. What we're accustomed to now when we walk into stores and certainly look at TV is you see these men's health magazines and people are just shredded to bits. And it it is giving people um, the the assumption that when we jump into this massive lifestyle change, that's just going to be easy and flick of a switch. There you go. I'm going to be running around on muscle beach. Absolutely. (laughs) Topless and shredded. (laughs) All is okay. What I love about what you're doing is again, that word um, transparency. And it links in with a previous guest that we had as well. Philip Gonzalez. Um, who, who put across the, the thought of a one habit change, which is something that, that I really, really enjoy. What would be for, for you now, the, the, kind of, the kind of keynote or the summary to, to come from your book? Hmm. I really appreciate that. Let me just say that first. Um, when I put this together, I wanted it to be personal. Um, I think part of writing this was a little, little therapeutic for me. Um, because I knew that I had a huge challenge in front of me that I had never, uh, I had never confronted before. Um, part of what I, I did was, uh, you know, when I had that moment looking at that picture was I looked back at, at all the different diets I had tried. And to be honest, I, I think I've looked at every diet that's ever been released anywhere on any social media, you know, and, uh, you know, if it's out there, I've probably tried it and, and I failed at it. And so I, I kind of looked at it and said, why am I failing at all these things? Um, I'm, you know, I'm a former athlete. Uh, I've been a business owner for a long time. Uh, I have very strong-minded kids. You know, I'm not used to, uh, to feeling like a failure. But every morning when I looked in the mirror, that's what I felt. And that's how I, that's how I saw myself. So it, it comes from a place of that. Um, as far as the, the keynote, you know, and, and what I would say, you know, kind of the point of the book is, is that it's never too late. And you have to understand that wherever you are, you are. Um, and, and that may sound like nothing, but you can, you can start anytime, anywhere from any position that you're in, no matter how much you weigh. Um, I started this with, you know, upwards of 360 pounds and I'm only 5'11". <laughs> so that was not a pleasant picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who don't know me that well would see me today and, and they'd say, wow, you wrote a diet book? Because, you know, I'm still, you know, 295 to 300 in that, that range. I'm still a big guy. Um, but people who know me look at me and go, whoa, you lost a ton of weight. How did that happen? And so, you know, it is relative. And so I want it to be transparent because um, y- you're not going to do that. You're not going to, you know, diet tomorrow and then wake up on Friday and say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm ripped now and I have chiseled abs and, you know, fantastic delts and it's, you know, but you can start to move again and you can say, Hey, you know, I can't get up off the couch right now without being in a ton of pain. So 
my goal isn't to have big biceps. My goal is to not have pain, you know? Um, so it's, it's like that. I definitely hear what you're saying. And at the start of, of the show today, what, what stuck out in my head was how you talked so, so glowingly about your kids saying that's one of the best things that you have done. And I agree. Um, Riley, my son, one of the best things that I have ever done in my life. Like there's, there, there's no doubt it's always going to be like that. And, Sometimes when I'm looking for, for motivation um, for doing things, whether it's just podcasts or um, staying fit and healthy and doing workouts, I look at my son and I look at my family. I want to be there for my family for as long as possible. Was that a consideration um, for you also with this new lifestyle change and bringing out this book was was um, the way that you look at your kids so, so lovingly and your family? Uh, a Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, you know, i like I said, I've got three kids and they are the, the best things in my life. Um, uh, you know, my wife and I have had a single minded purpose since we got together that our kids were going to be the most important thing to us period, no matter what. And, you know, we've done everything we can to make sure that they're, they take precedent over, uh, you know, career, um, <laughs> pleasure, uh, you know, activities, you know, no matter what it is, it's, uh, as long as they are taken care of, then everything in the world is going to be okay. Um, and yeah, it, you know, there was a couple of moments um, outside of that, that photo where, uh, you know, a little bit of male pride kicked in because I have two boys. Um, if you've seen my Instagram profile, my, my boys, they're all over my Instagram profile because they're my entire life. But we recently had uh, Son's Day that came across, I guess, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram. And I said, that's a thing. Okay, well, <laughs> here's two more pictures of my sons. And they are the most ripped beasts you've ever seen in your life. They look like they should be in those magazines you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it's difficult because they look that way. And I don't mind taking a little credit here because I taught them all that stuff. <laughs> but awesome. you know, if we went into the gym tomorrow and I saw them doing their form wrong or something, you know, I, I'd say, Hey, you know, you really want to fix that. They're going to look at me and pat me on the head and be like, yeah, okay, dad. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> so some of it is, is getting a little respect and credibility back. You know, um, both my boys are bigger than I am and they're taller than I am. And they literally pat me on the head when they walk out of the house now. And at some point that has to stop. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, do you have a favorite part of your book? Like there's a piece of it that, that you, you, uh, you just go back to is like your favorite piece, favorite quote, favorite line. There is one, one thing in there. And, um, it was actually difficult to put into the book, but it's a story that my mother used to read me um, when she was still with us uh, out of this little golden book thing. And um, it was the boy and the giant. And it's uh, a really simple little story about, uh, you know, a boy goes out in the woods. Uh, his mom tells him not to go in the woods. Boy goes out in the woods, runs into a giant. Giant says, hey, you know, I'm, well, you're trespassing on my territory. I'm going to eat you. And the boy quickly says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Um, you know, if I can prove that I'm stronger than you are, then you're going to let me go. And, uh, you know, so on and so forth, telling the story, but uh, he basically challenges the giant to move a mountain. The giant grabs the mountain, can't move it. He says, fine, you go ahead and move it. So the little boy walks over there with his shovel, takes a shovel, <laughs> one shovel of dirt, walks across the road, dumps it out. You know, three days later, he's moved the mountain. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's a trite little story, but, uh, you know, my mom told it to me and it's always been really important to me. And, um, you know, it literally is, you can't move the mountain all at once. You have to do things one scoop at a time. And so in the book, I, I try to 
without being overly corny or clunky, you know, with the way you write, um, trying to include that and say, hey, that's what we're talking about here. You're not going to wake up and have ripped abs tomorrow. It took you, you know, three decades to look this bad. It's not going to take three days to look this good. So go out every day and, and get at least one shovel full of dirt, walk across the road and dump it. And you know what? You made progress today. When, when you when you had your moments where I, I'm I think you mentioned earlier on you had your moments uh, during it where you might say oh you know screw this I'm not going to go forward with this it, what what was some of those moments and what what got what was that trigger moment that kept you going there were there were a lot of moments like that when I was writing this um, th- there were a couple of times when I actually said gosh do I really want to put this out there. You know, because you start to, to get a little self-conscious. At first, you're, you're very dedicated and you're like, I'm going to do this. It means a lot. I've got to do this. And then you start going, wow, I'm, I'm leaving a lot on the table here. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, and then you start thinking about it and um, you start thinking about what everybody else is going to think about it. And, you know, hey, I'm, I don't look like, you know, the, the fitness model. So, you know, do I have credibility to write this? And um, oddly enough, it was my kids that kept me going, that kept saying, you know, dad, you're doing this it's working for you. You know, I, I had dropped 54 pounds doing this, <laughs> not taking a whole bunch of other supplements and doing all sorts of other strange things. I mean, I, just doing this really did work. And they said, you got to let other people know about this because mm. it is actually working for you. So they, they kept me going. And that was what really, that's really what kept me on task when I had those moments. Thank you, Rory. There's, there's a number of things I've been jotting down a couple of notes here in the background. If you see me scribbling away, Great. but a couple of things that, that you said at the start there, um, kind of resonated with myself as well. You mentioned 80 plus hour work week. That is, that is big. Like that's, that's a mountain in its own to, to kind of use your phrase and take in a shovel and move that mountain. What, what did you do to, to move that? personal mountain and did you find that it fit well into your overall plan of releasing this book and getting yourself on that right track of health fitness and wellness yes all of those things um the first thing that i had to come to grips with was even though the money was good you know from the job uh you know which you know hey you work 80 hours a week at any job you're going to do okay financially but um in talking with my wife, um, and she was a huge, uh, not just a support, but um, she spurred me on in a lot of ways. And she's always really cared more about me and my health than, uh, you know, how many steaks we had in the freezer, you know. So um, to her credit, even when I was bringing home big checks, she would see what it was doing to me doing the job I was doing. And she, uh, she was one of the first people to say, you need to do something different. And I had always wanted to go out and do public speaking and sales training and things like that. Um, I used to own multiple real estate offices and was really in my element, you know, teaching and and, uh, giving lectures and seminars and things like that. I had always wanted to do that. And she said, you know, you're going to be 50 soon. You need to do this if you want to do this. And I think you can do this. So you've, you've done, you've done your job. You've taken care of everybody. Um, you've got a little bit of money in the bank and you've managed to get all the kids to where they're okay. So you know what? You have to do something for you. And if you don't do it now, then you're not going to be here to see your grandkids. So, you know, my wife is a little Italian gal who's, uh, <laughs> who's very straightforward. And um, 
So yeah, she's, uh, she's somebody that, uh, that I always listen to, to be honest with you. Even if I don't listen to her the first time, I certainly listen to her the second you know, when it comes up. So um, she was huge and my family was huge. And it, it's all, all of this has been part of a, uh, a wellness journey for me. And that's one of the reasons why I post things on Instagram so much. Um, just me talking about what's going on in life and talking about what it's like when you hit your second act and, you know, you turn 50 and, you know, life's not over, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you got three grown kids, you got to get out there and keep, keep living. At some point you have to say, you know, I matter and you have to go do what you have to go do. So, uh, well, before we go over to some of Eugene's dad jokes, I have one last question that <laughs> just came up to me for a second was, you know, there's a lot of people around you and fitness is a tough subject. You brought it up a lot. It's, it's hard to have that conversation with people, whether it's your dad, uh, your kids, your, 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 your partner, whoever. It's a hard conversation to start. Uh, I was just thinking about it there. And so, you know, we have a lot of uh, listeners here who are not dads, as, as we can see from, from what they do. We have a lot of moms. We have a lot of kids listening in as well, we've seen. Um, do you have any advice for how they can approach the conversation, right? Like, you know, it, you, you brought up the, the really, uh, I think we all got the visual moment of you with the picture. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you, you know, sometimes you, someone else needs to give the spark or do you think that's the case or does, it have, does that person need to find it themselves, you know, that to start that? They're the saying one day or day one, right? You know, starting off on day one. Um, do you have any advice or thoughts around that when you were, when you were writing the book about how do you help someone else see that, you know, if you don't do this now, you know, we, you know we're, we're, we might run into problems in the future, you know, that we care about you? That's a great question. Um, the, uh, if I was talking to, if I were talking to dads right now, uh, just dads, uh, the first thing I would tell them is, you know, if you don't really want to do this, it isn't going to work because you do actually have to really want to do something. Um, it's too easy to just give in to how rough life becomes, uh, especially when, you know, you get to be a little bit older, you know, when you're in that, uh, you know, late 30 to, you know, late 50 age group and that, that, couple decade area there, depending on your health and your fitness level, um, things can get very, very tough. And, and people don't really realize how difficult the simple little things are, like bending over to pick up a towel, you know, and how that could pop your back for three days. And the next thing you know, you can't go to work. So um, if I was talking to dads, I'd say you absolutely have to want it. You have to have that why that everybody talks about, you know, but the, the real interesting part of what you just asked me was, you know, for the moms, for the kids, that type of thing. Uh, I think in a lot of families, uh, uh, the kids or the mom don't want to bring up the conversation because it's going to hurt dad's feelings. Yeah. And you know, I've had my feelings hurt plenty, um, but nothing intentional. You know, I know that my wife loves me. I know that my kids love me. And I know that when they're talking to me about it, it hurts me because I've let myself get into this horrible spot. But to be completely honest, if they hadn't pushed me the way they pushed me, and if I didn't know that they cared about it as much as they really care about it, then it would be too easy to give up at too many spots along the way. So even after, as a dad, you decide, yes, I want to keep doing this, and yes, I want to make this change. When you get ready to fall off that wagon, you really do need your family to push back on it and say, hey, 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 hey. You know, I mean, if they seem, if they see me grab a piece of pizza, they're on me like white on rice. It's not even funny. You know, I, they're, 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 the alarm goes off in the kitchen, you know, and, and the siren blares and the dog comes after me, you know. So 
um, they have kept me on point because I made them a part of my journey and what I was trying to do. And they've been invaluable in getting to where I am today and where I'm going to keep going. I've got another hundred pounds to go, man. I'm not done. Well, I think it's time for uh, one of uh, Eugene's dad jokes. We do, we, we, this is not live, so don't worry. Uh, we, we do put in some <laughs> laughing effects later on. <laughs> if needed. But there's a lot of wah-wahs uh, sounds that come in generally from these jokes, but go ahead, Eugene. All right, I'm ready. I don't know where you found them. Hello, darkness, you used to have better jokes before you were a dad. Really? <laughs> <laughs> ready for act, let's go. My wife was obsessed with me that she... She thought I didn't like her cooking. To prove her wrong, I had another slice of gravy. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. As dad jokes go, that one's not bad. I'm not, I'm not sure your wife wants to hear that one, though. <laughs> I kept dreaming that I was the back part of a car last night. I woke up exhausted. <laughs> uh, uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no sound effect needed. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. My neighbor suggested I try horse manure on my strawberries. To be honest, I think I'll stick with whipped cream. <laughs> That wasn't too bad, Eugene. Uh. <laughs> That's it. I'm out of dad jokes, guys. <laughs> I, I, I actually have one that I really like last week that I've been using at work, which is uh, I, went to the, I went to this new zoo the other day. They only had one dog in it. It was a shit zoo. You do know we have to take tag the not super for kids button on <laughs> YouTube. You do know we have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> It's so usually pretty enough. light, though. Uh, yeah, I have one more as well, just on the subject of zoo. <laughs> Sorry, oh. this will go on a while, Rory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I went to the zoo the other day, and I was walking around, and I, I pointed at a cage, and I had a baguette in there. So I turned around, and I asked the guy, the zookeeper, says, what is that? He turned around, and he said to me, oh, that's bread in captivity. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't bad. You have to actually think about that one for a second. That wasn't. Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it's time for our random question <clears throat> round. Are you ready, Rory? Uh, Eugene's going to ask you a couple of random questions. It's a rapid fire. Okay. Uh, so uh, go ahead, Eugene. Are you ready? Oh, I get it. <laughs> Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Stevie, start the clock. Rory, who is your favorite TV dad? My favorite TV dad, uh, Bill Cosby. What's your favorite day of the week? Uh, Friday. What's, a, what's your most favorite city in the US besides the one that you live in? Um, Norman, Oklahoma. Are the Bears going to win tomorrow? No. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather win the Super Bowl this season for the Bears or have the option to beat the Green Bay Packers every time you play them for the rest of eternity? 
They're your biggest Wow. Right? Yeah, that's tough. I think I'd rather beat the Packers every single time for eternity. I got to be honest with you. Super Bowls come and go, but to be rid of the Green Bay Packers forever is like, I, I've never even heard that question. That's fantastic. Just thinking of that for a minute is, that's a motivational thing right there. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. one, man. Oh, I hate the Packers. Oh. <laughs> Do you have any nicknames for your kids? Um, yes. Uh, my daughter, Allie, uh, her nickname's Noonie, um, stemming from a noodle incident when she was a little tiny kid. Um, my older boy uh, is uh, Skibo for no reason other than I just called him that one day and he thought it was funny. And um, my, my final kid is the Big Cheese. Uh, my youngest son, Mike, is the Big Cheese um, because he literally is just grinning ear to ear most of the time and uh and he just does that cheesy almost dad joke type of sense of humor and um so he's the big cheese is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers <laughs> in theory probably um and, you know that's that's another deep question if you want to get into like you know what's what they're made of but i would think that just the thought of it alone because a lot of vegetarians i know are vegetarian based on um principle risotto polenta or lasagna 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 every time say something in an irish accent an irish accent uh all right i got it here we go um i i could tip jimmy off with a look so let's just get down to business how about that <laughs> so good. I had to channel my best Sons of Anarchy season three. You know, it was like <laughs> that is oh, great. <clears throat> what was your favorite kids' uh, TV show? Um, gosh, uh, probably Power Rangers. That wasn't nice. my kids' favorite, but it was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is? your current favorite tv show currently um we're really good that's a tough one um I, probably uh lucifer i think on netflix <laughs> that just the guy just makes me laugh every time i'm I, you know i don't know what to tell you if you could <clears throat> use one pre-watershed word to describe what you feel about the green bay packers what would it be pre-watershed <laughs> disgust Brilliant. just that's... disgust yeah yeah that's all my questions now rory you have passed the flying colors my friend well done i appreciate that thanks a lot yeah uh thank you for uh thank you for joining us today rory um of course we will pass along on our page uh links to your book the five percent diet would you like to give us just the last one or two sentences why people should pick up your book um, I think it has a little bit in it for everybody. And, um, you know, even though, you know, a lot of my focus has been dads, um, you know, you guys hit it just right on the head. You know, it's, it's an entire family book. Um, and it can work for anybody in the family. You know, if, if it's a child or, a, or, you know, a mom or a wife that's, you know, approaching obesity and having these problems, it will work for them too. Um, especially for the children who are having weight problems, you know, because they're still young enough to move. Um, and to get out of this even faster than some of us old folks, you know. So um, I, I hope that everybody will check it out, and I hope it helps somebody. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it will help someone. And I think we'll 
uh, we will look forward to maybe in a, in a couple of weeks again, maybe having you on, seeing where, where the journey is again and maybe sharing it. I think a lot of people, I, I'm very interested in your journey. It's been, been super interesting. We met, met you just for the first time this morning. I'm already interested in following your journey. So <laughs> I'm sure you. there's a lot of our listeners are, will be interested in hearing the journey and, and hopefully starting their own journey uh, on it as well. The most important piece of it is starting their own journey. Uh, Eugene? Yeah. Yeah, the very, very best of luck with your book, Rory. Again, I'll, I'll echo um, Stevie's sentiments. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, and I, I really love the, the openness, um, the honesty and the transparency of, of everything today. So thank you so much. And I look forward to having a read of your book. Thank you, you guys. I, uh, I hope that you guys and your, your followers will uh, look us up on Instagram and Facebook. They're open pages and we'll keep everybody posted there. Um, you know, my Instagram's at my name. So it's just at R-O-R-Y-P-A-Q-U-E-T-T-E. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope so. And uh, I would love to be back on your show. You guys are great. Thank you so much for having me today. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was really awesome. Thank you so fun. much. Thanks for joining us today on I See Dad People. If you would like to check out the rest of our podcasts and be the first to hear our new ones, you can visit us at icdadpeople.com or follow us on Instagram at I see dad people underscore official and we will see you next time and remember I see dad people I see them all the time <laughs>